Welcome to the Fire and Heart Podcast. Today we are here with Jeremy, Jeremy Wood. We are actually in New York today. <laughs> we are among the mountains, we are among beautiful people, we are among nature. And so this conversation is very much about healing with nature and all of the components towards it. Yeah. Earth first. Earth first, right. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, tell me about yourself. All right, so um, I'm 32 years old. I was born and raised in the town over from where I live now. Um, I'm the youngest of three. Um, so my mom and dad are from a small town in Carthage, New York. They've been together since they were in um, middle school, high school, kind of that thing. This Sunday is actually their 40th wedding anniversary. So um, kind of a small town guy, grew up as the baby of the family. Uh, my older brother and sister, one's a woodsman and um, likes to do hunting and fishing and then teaches technology. And then my sister is a dental hygienist, so they both have children and kind of always been the one who uh, has taken the opposite path, if you will, of other people or my own path. So um, done everything growing up from sports and soccer and martial arts. I was involved in hospice work uh, at a young age because my mom's a nurse. Um, I like to be outside because my dad, you know, he's a hunter, fisher, um, fisherman, woodsman, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I have three dogs and uh, that's pretty much my little family that I take care of on a full-time basis. Um, my one dog has been with me for a long time since college, so he's been everywhere from in sessions with me doing, you know, therapeutic work to times when I went away to the mountains for a week at a time. Um, it's me, a backpack and a hammock, and he came along with me, so I have a really close connection with uh, my dogs and my animals. And, uh, yeah, I've studied abroad in Berlin to kind of live in different cultures and see different places and people, um, working everywhere from in the emergency room, like kind of that crash and bash medicine to calm and peaceful hospice work, or now I work with kids with special needs, um, taking yoga in that way. I've been through my fair share of things in life, um, so yoga kind of came about as something that I used as a way to take care of myself and finding out that it worked better for me than the Western medicine that I wanted to study and teach and be involved in. Um, I kind of stepped back and started taking care of myself the way that I thought I should rather than the way that um, the world thought I should take care of myself and then the more success I saw in that the more I wanted to share that style with other people um, so it's kind of brought us to where we are now and got degrees from um, I have a master's degree to teach human anatomy and physiology um, to the health sciences I've got a whole bunch of the yoga teacher trainings um, kids yoga teacher training up to a 500-hour teacher training in um, adaptive re-therapy and uh, yeah, ordained um, holistic ministry uh, that I run is a way to kind of teach people and guide people, like I said before, from the earth first and to take care of themselves and have you know whatever resource I can to guide people. Um, spiritual perspectives, I do Reiki and when you're doing hospice work and things like that, you have to kind of have your own understanding of life and death, so I try to teach that a little bit. So going back to your experiences in Berlin, 
I've also had a, my fair share of traveling and seeing different cultures and with this path of life I continue to. I'd like to know more about what you've gained from your perspective in Berlin and how you are bringing it to your practice. Yeah, so I uh, originally, it was freshman year of college and I realized that I was going to graduate a little early. Um, and we have some German heritage in our family and so I'd always want to learn more about German culture. And the girl next door to me on the dorms had actually studied abroad in high school and she said she was going to do the College of Study Abroad program. So with having a little bit of time to like spare, like a semester to spare, she was like, just come to Berlin. You can study abroad, you can figure it out. And so I went there um, really wanting to do like neurosurgical research, wanting to do, you know, these work with kids with epilepsy. I was head down on this path to have to be a neurosurgeon and been studying and said that since I was, you know, middle school and going to Berlin. Um, also before then I wasn't really too sure of myself and my sexuality and who I was and how I wanted to be. I was petrified to be alone, like I was even just like always wanted to be with a friend or something like that. And so I really um, took the leap and the opportunity to go six months and just be immersed in a different culture where I knew nobody, didn't speak the language. Um, but the challenge was is if I could learn enough of the language I could get this internship and do research in an epilepsy lab. So I went there thinking I was just going to waste some time and I ended up coming back um, learning that I wanted to study the human brain and the body but definitely the way that they did it more in Germany and in Europe than we were doing in the US. Um, the research that I was doing over there was to kind of, they were figuring out a part of the brain that started um, a seizure and then taking that out surgically and then going back and letting the body heal itself and seeing if that took care of people's epilepsy because sometimes medication doesn't work and things like that so um, that was really intriguing to me because again that's a different perspective than we had here in the United States at the time um, just so happened my um, dad's cousin ended up having a child that needed that surgery when I ended up getting back so and then they started doing it in the US but at that point, I had kind of already seen the way that the German culture was very healthy, it was very active, they cared about the food that they ate, they had, you know, cities that were, like even Berlin, it was beautiful, it was packed with gardens and, you know, stuff like that, so um, it changed kind of that perspective of how I saw, like, you could bring health into a culture in that kind of way, and then even their medicine was different, so I came home and ended up being more open to taking care of myself in a different way. Um, I had taken ADHD medication um, for that and anxiety and then was not really having success with it and when I went to Berlin I couldn't get enough medication to last me the whole time so I kind of had to stop taking that and that was a big change. Um, their culture like um, was not very, I would say like heteronormative the way that we are. Um, their culture is very open for being whatever expression you want to express as much as like it doesn't seem like Germany would be like a culture like that um, you didn't really find gay bars because any bar you could be pretty open with a man or a woman and they'd ask you like is that your partner is that your partner um, so it was just cool to see that culture being you know born and raised in this area which doesn't really have a lot of that diversity um, in any way really so coming back it really 
changed me. I got comfortable to be alone with myself. I traveled by myself to different countries and things like that, which up to like ninth grade, I didn't sleep away from my house overnight because I'd have to get picked up or I'd be scared and need to like come back home kind of thing. So um, it really changed how I took care of myself, how I looked at life and perspective. Um, and then from there forward, I kind of really questioned like if I wanted to be a neurosurgeon and if I wanted to do all this stuff, even though I saw the work they were doing, it was really cool. But I also saw like the lifestyle of the surgeons because I was around them with them. I'd worked in the ER enough to see that like how sometimes it wasn't necessarily uh, fixing anyone, right? So when I came back was when I wanted to do more like um, education and holistic work um, rather than like be an actual surgeon. Um, so it totally changed, you know, crying for the week before I left because I didn't want to leave. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. Why did you decide that you wanted to go into yoga? Um, so as I was saying, when I kind of came back from Berlin and was changing and wanted to leave working and living in Western medicine, um, I found that I was still having a lot of anxiety and things like that. And I was leaving chiropractic school because it wasn't working out for me. And I wanted to teach, um, you know, the human body in a natural way. And so a friend actually got me this oil piece in common um, from Young Living. And I started meditating with that. And then I would stop kind of taking the, um, you know, medications I was taking for anxiety. So I tried to do the meditation technique to see if I could, you know, stop um, being reliant on that. And so that was kind of the start of meditation. And I'd always done movement and things like that. But, um, you know, I started looking into this gauche lineage, which is the hot yoga where that came out of, because it was more my style. It was a little bit intense. And I used to be a martial artist, so I didn't mind you know, pretty intense workout, and uh, then I ended up getting an opportunity to work with a kid with special needs, and I realized that I was doing a lot of those yoga techniques with him, and the more I studied yoga for myself, the more I was trying to learn how to bring it into other people's lives, and my first teacher training that I took was actually a 20-hour weekend um, with my mentor, Lara. Um, for kids yoga, and that was in 2014. So I started practicing it for myself in about 2012. Um, Self-study, going to some classes here and there. There wasn't a lot of yoga here um, in this area, so there's been more yoga studios that are opening up now. But back then it was just me and these books that I got off of Kickstarter. Um, and then I was bringing it back to working with these kids, and from there on I just, didn't really look back. I found some private clients that um, one guy had had a stroke and was also uh, HIV positive and some of the places wouldn't take him for therapy um, because of that. So he uh, hadn't had anyone work with him, wouldn't work with him. And I went to his house and started doing some yoga with him because he was willing to work with me. And not a lot of people really did yoga therapy back then. So this is like 2014, 2015, and there's now a whole foundation, there's an International Yoga Therapy Association and all that, but the more I found it was working for me to again get away from my nightmares, my anxiety, my panic attacks, things like that, um, the more I just wanted to take that and just give other people that experience. Mm -hmm. um, 
What type of yoga do you practice and teach? So the yoga that I practice um, is typically out of that, like I said, that little self-study that I did, which I ended up finding that that lineage is what the Bikram yoga comes out of. And so the Hot 26 and 2, I've really um, liked that practice now because it's a routine that kind of gets me out of my own head um, in that way, as well as the Bark and Hot Yoga series. Um, I like that one flows a little bit more. Um, but in the very beginning, I was trained by someone who did a lot of Ashtanga yoga. So at first it was very alignment based, it was kind of still in that way. But now kind of, that's what I practice personally because I need that for like my dosha, for my body type and my personal practice that I've developed. But what I teach is a lot of yoga therapy. And it's therapeutic in the sense that it's going to be adapted for their body type, for their condition, and instead of like a group class or like a flow class, I don't mind doing those and I like those, but more what I do now is that very specific one-on-one uh, -on -one yoga. What does this style of yoga mean specifically for you? Um, you always hear that yoga, people post about yoga being for anybody and everybody in that kind of way. But you still don't see people really like living that a lot of the time. And so the freedom that my kids get and the freedom that I get in my yoga practice is something that like, you can't replicate, right? And so I go to my 26 and 2 and those poses and that mindset and the release I get at the end, that's like my therapy, you know what I mean? It's that time with myself can't get up and run out of the room, I can't scream, they try to help me be still so I don't shake, I don't bounce, um, and those types of things. So for me that's like my safe space to be able to get out that anger, that sadness, or that energy in that way for me. Um, but for my kids, when I start doing work with them, even I have some kids will be like, hey, it's Tuesday, and they'll talk to them on the bus. With them. And so Mr. Jeremy comes for yoga and these kids scream and they flail and they get super excited and they don't really communicate, they have you know pretty severe neurological disorders and stuff. Um, so I see they're excited for it, not even when I'm there, when they talk about doing yoga with me. And then you'll I'll do some work with them and all of a sudden they'll take a big breath and you watch them just, and their body relaxes and I just, you know, being locked in a chair or being alive in a body that you can't control or you can't scratch that itch, um, for them I think it's a whole lot of just peace and release and just feel good connection to. Um, there's a level I think these kids, people are afraid to touch them and work with them sometimes because they think they're already broken and they're going to break them again or they're afraid to hurt them in some type of way. So I don't think these kids get a very strong, confident, loving touch and connection in that work with people. They're, you know, they're probably getting poked and prodded more than not and strapped into a chair for their safety. but. I lay them on the ground and they flail and kick and scream when we do the motions, you can see where their bodies like want that freedom, they want to move. Um, and again, as someone that can't ride in a car for a long period of time because I feel trapped and I got to stretch, um, for them I think it's just a whole lot of peace for their families. It's definitely hope that something different can happen because sometimes too, they only get that Western medical perspective when their child has the injury or when you go after trauma you go to psychiatrists, you go to the emergency room, right? At those times, a lot of those people then don't go to an Eastern practitioner. 
um, to give them a perspective of their injury or their trauma. So I think they only see hope lying in Western medicine. So some of these families too, I now introduce to them cannabis therapy. And because I said it to them, they're now like not afraid to be like, yeah, we want our kids to try this. Um, so one of my kids just started last week uh, with medical marijuana because at first they, the family was petrified that they would get you know, some sort of judgment, maybe even CPS called on them for giving their child cannabis. Um, I was like, well, there is a way to do it. Let's look it up, right? So they went to a neurologist. They got her in the medical program. Um, and for me, I think that's hope that their child doesn't have to be on benzodiazepines and these other pharmaceuticals that I didn't have a positive experience with. So it's not that I don't think there's a time for Eastern and Western medicine, but I just think this style of yoga that is medically minded, is anatomy-based, is realistic, also gives them hope to trust that yoga or something else can be there to like help their children. And that's what it showed, I mean, that's what it showed me and why it worked so well for me. How did you decide that you wanted to heal children with diverse abilities? Um, I've always kind of felt like an outsider, I think, and so in the very younger years I started working with kids um, because I had my sister's friend um, had a little brother that had Down syndrome, and whenever we go to like their Girl Scout meetings and stuff, we were the same age, so we'd be around each other, so I learned basically how to live and play from an early age with a child with special needs, so to me it wasn't necessarily like healing or fixing them, but it was like more of a a friendship, a community, a kinship in that way. Um, I was in sixth grade and would go down to the kindergarten class and help them get dressed and get ready for the bus. I did um, Special Olympics a few times to go and volunteer, so I've always had like a connection um, with kids with you know varying abilities and people. And myself, I've always felt like there wasn't really a spot or niche for me, so befriending someone like that has always been something to again give them some normalcy. I've even it's not that it's um, you say diverse abilities, right? Because we don't think of certain things, but even in high school, meeting someone that was deaf, like I learned how to do some sign language and communicate, and taught a friend how to sail a boat. Um, you know, so even that's a different way of learning and work. But I wanted to learn sign language because I wanted to communicate with him. Like I didn't want him to feel left out. So it's almost like. Um, it's always just been something for more inclusion, to feel connection and acceptance. Um, and yeah, like the little guy that I was working with, um, he just was walking on his toes, not really talking much, and I was like, oh, they do chanting in yoga, let's try to like hum and sing and chant. And then all of a sudden he started doing vocalizations because we practiced doing it. We would be animals and crawl around the floor and make the animal sounds and noises, but there's a reason why cow, you, if you just like do cow pose in yoga and put your chin forward, it doesn't activate the muscles. If you say ooh or moo and make the vocalization with the shape, you activate all of those muscles down the front line and you'll feel the stretch happen differently. So it was creative play with this kid to get him to do movements that were therapeutic for him. But it also taught me like it's called cow pose in yoga because they're mimicking like animal nature, natural movements that you see outside so like the um, the more I like got into it the more I saw like these other connections of where yoga isn't necessarily on a mat perfect alignment incense burning 
you know, it's sometimes rolling around the floor mooing and doing these weird things to connect with the child. Um, and then I got the confidence that it's going to work. And so I tried to find another person and another person and, yeah. How did you work with kids during COVID? So COVID kind of uh, put me in a really weird place. Um, I didn't think I could do my work. So I had done some of this work for about two years in Virginia Beach. Um, I lived down there and worked down there. And um, I stopped doing that because when I came back and COVID happened, I thought I needed to go back to working in healthcare. And so I was scared to be working in healthcare and go to one of these homes and give a child COVID. And some of them have respiratory problems, they have cerebral palsy, they already don't breathe well and I sit with a suction machine when I work with them. So like for them to get something from me, like I'm not there to make someone sick, right? Like my whole goal is like health and wellness. So I didn't work with kids for the first half of COVID. Um, it wasn't until January of 2021 that I actually started working again. And it was because people kept reaching out to me and said, why are you still bartending? Like, why aren't you doing this? And I was destroying myself. But I just, I just was so afraid to like hurt a child or to give someone COVID and have them die because I was that, you know what I mean? I, I don't know, I just didn't want to do it. And then the one family was like, we've all had it, so what now? And I'm like, um, I'll wear a mask because I still don't want to give my family or other people. Well, working in healthcare, I figured in the beginning, like I'd probably been exposed. Right, and so if there was anything that, if I got it, I wasn't worried about me. I was more worried about, again, passing along. And so she was like, well, we know another family that would work with you, they need you, and wear a mask. Like, that's what they think will work. So then it slowly kind of all came back together. Um, and then in April was when I really went full board of working again. And at that point, some families had been vaccinated. Some families hadn't, but I just wore a mask and we worked with it until we were comfortable. And again, um, the whole thing that I base my practice on is like educating people to make their own health and wellness choices, right? So I didn't want to go in there and say my personal opinions about it, but when I was comfortable and they wanted to work with me, we didn't question it. Um, but yeah, COVID really challenged that because I thought I was never going to be able to get back into it because I'm touching and moving these kids' bodies and we're never more than six feet apart. Sometimes we're six inches apart because I'm picking them up from their wheelchair and putting them on the yoga mat on the floor. I'm, you know, moving them through. Some of them I helped bathe them and change them. And, you know, I do more than just yoga with them. I do full care with some of them so their parents can get a break and they can go to work. And I hang out with them a few hours before and a few hours after. Um, so it wasn't like I was just popping in and out for an hour, you know, you really become a part of these people's lives, but there's a lot of opinions and politics and stuff around what COVID was and how it was affecting people, so I wasn't trying to debate with that, so I just thought I'd step out until I got brought back in, and yeah. Jeremy, what kind of healing do you offer for children? So the children that I work with, each client, um, we have a conversation about what the 
parents want or need or they want or need and we set up the goals so they get kind of a personalized piece of my education in running the ministry that I do and the way that I do it. Um, I'm not a doctor or a medical provider so I have to make sure I provide um, only of what I'm trained in. So the, the kids get yoga um, in like a therapeutic style of yoga. It mixes my anatomy education that I can give the parents or teach them and teach them about their body and the organ systems and maybe the organ system that their condition um, is revolving around. I also do Reiki, which is uh, energy work um, and that kind of a thing. I can even teach families how to do Reiki on their children um, because I've been given the ability to give attunements as a Reiki master. Um, some kids look at time massage and reflexology because they can't necessarily move their bodies through the yoga class. So I have to put them in the positions and one of the foundations of yoga is that sit and breathe and again the shape that your body's in, breathing helps you receive that pose. Um, so a thing of Hatha Yoga is um, Stidam Sukham Sukhasana, it's a, it's a strong but comfortable pose that you can breathe in, a strong steady kind of pose. So they get um, a blend of all the things that I've found um, that will work for me or that I see that I can offer to help them. Beautiful. And also, Jeremy has so graciously decided to share the love when he um, releases his Reiki trainings mm -hmm. to offer a discount for Fire and Heart listeners. Yeah. Um, details will be provided when that time comes, but thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, it should be this fall. Um, we're getting everything set up for a run, um, probably think October, November. Beautiful. So look out for things in September on my social media and my platforms. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Balanced by oils. Tell me the story about this. Um, I had been balancing, you know, like my mind and my body with Western medicine, right? So I was thinking like instead of balancing everything with pharmaceuticals, I was using cannabis extract, essential oils, and it was all these like oil extracts, if you will. So I was, you know, saying like, I'm going to have to make a business. I was leaving chiropractic school. I wanted to teach yoga. I wanted to go to people's home and teach them about their body and teach the movement. And my mentor that taught me and got me started, she was like, well, you got to pick a name. You got to pick a DBA. So what do you want, what do you want that name to be? And I was sitting at the kitchen table of a client's house where it was a man that was, um, yeah, I had a stroke after he had a liver transplant for cirrhosis. And I was doing home health. We were trying to do his movement. We were doing some yoga, things like that. And he was just, I don't know, he lived a very angry life and had a lot of anger in him. So I couldn't really stay there and work there anymore. But I was like, I got to do something besides, you know, this kind of work. I'm going to make my own business. And I sat right there at his kitchen table and got online and picked that DBA. And from there forward, I was just like, I'll balance my life using cannabis oils and extract essential oils or something. But this is the way I'm going to, you know, take everything forward. And that was in 2014. Beautiful. 
You talk about Eastern science and medicine, and I know we talk or equate this to Ayurveda. Would you like to share what your experience in Ayurveda is? I think it's important to know that like each culture has their own form of medicine, and Ayurveda is essentially how we see Western medicine as the medicine of the United States of America. Ayurveda is the medicine of India, right? And so there's parts of Ayurveda that even yoga doesn't say that involve surgical procedures and you know herbs and deep things that are just like our pharmaceuticals and just like our very invasive procedures. Um, you know about some of the cleansing protocols. Um, you know, there's purgative ones, there's, you know, flossing, even just doing a neti pot as a part of Ayurveda can seem like it's very medical, right? And it's very medicine-based, so um, Ayurveda can be a foundation for you to study, you know, medicine and have a look at the body. A lot of the way I see it with yoga in mind is um, the tridosha that you have in Ayurveda. I explain it as uh, Tigger, Eeyore, and Poo. And so you have Tigger, who's the red, the hot, the long, the slim, the bouncy, the bouncy, the bouncy, the bouncy, gets out of control. And then you have the Eeyore, who's low and slow and round and greasy and oily and a little mopey. And then you have Pooh, who's in the middle, who kind of flows in between. It's like, no, come on, Tigger, you got to bring it down. Or come on, Eeyore, let's go. And is the middle form, the mesomorph, right? So when I look at how I work with kids and these children and these bodies, I use a lot of the tridosha, but out of what I've learned through my trainings and stuff, I've distilled it into these kind of, it's a fun little story, right, of uh, Winnie the Pooh. So if I look at a kid and he's long, lean, with red hair bouncing in the corner, I'm looking at a little pizza, right? I need something to help him either take that flame, that energy, and direct it, so I need to give him a task. And so he might be my leader in the classroom, or he might help me design the yoga, yoga class, and he might be in charge that way, right? From just the psychological perspective. But for him too, I'm going to try to wrap him up and have him do bound poses, and have him sit on the ground, and have him lay on his belly, so he really connects that energy down, and that kappa, you know what I mean, that earthy, or just letting him flow, because he wants to move, so again, get more of those vata principles in there, and be like, alright, let's do five sun salutations, because you want to move your body and then wrap him up, and then have him sit the entire amount. Or you have the kid in the corner that doesn't want to look at you, kind of sits over there, you see they got those that pale complexion, they're a little bit more like shy in the corner, well, get activity going over here and see if they'll join in. But if you come over and, hey, how you doing? Well, are you ready? They're going to be scared, right? But you want to get them engaged and moving. Um, so working with children in like a preschool class, when I have 10 two-year-olds, I look at their Ayurveda in the sense of their energies. And if it's a hot day outside, we're not going to be bouncing up and down. We're going to be laying on the ground and doing slow breathing. Now when I work with one-on-one -on -one with a kid, I'm going to look at the color of their skin, I'm going to ask about their diet, I'm going to ask about the time of day they wake up. Because if I'm giving them a personalized you know, perspective that way, then I can use it to help me with their whole life. Because Ayurveda is life science, it's part of the literal translation for it. Um, so, yeah, Masvidal does great um, trainings um, on it, even Dr. Timothy McCall, who is a Western medical practitioner but also does Ayurveda, his SNAPS protocol, um, the A in that is for Ayurveda, 
And so he actually takes that as one of his standard kind of perspectives when looking at doing yoga therapy. So, and with taking his training, that really taught me how to learn and adapt that. Um, and even take care of myself, right? Like I know I'm Pitta You take my pulse and you can see it too, but I got the beard, you know, but I got oily skin. I got red ginger beard in that kind of way. I'm long and thin, but I do have, I want to snuggle, I want to shut down sometimes when I get depressed. I'm very much Eeyore, stay in bed for days, eat my greasy food. Um, and if I'm feeling energetic, I'm eating salad and spicy food, right? But do either of those too much and you break yourself down. So I even see it as the type of day that's outside, uh, what food I'm going to eat for the day, what activities I'm going to do. Um, it's really helped me like introspectively, I guess, on how I care for myself. Let's talk about your goals. I know that you are doing a very beautiful, making very beautiful impact with working with children with diverse abilities. I would love to know what is your futuristic plan and goal. So with, um, when I sat down again at that table back in 2014 trying to make this plan, I knew I wanted to do more than just teach yoga, but wanted to kind of help people learn the lifestyle and also give people a place to do all this, to escape and learn it, to get out of um, whatever mindset they're in or whatever physical place they are. So as far as the kids is working, I would love, um, you know, the next few months to see more movement from me going house to house to having an adapted yoga studio and like a brick and mortar where these kids can almost get dropped off to me after school, like a clinic. Um, but with that, I'm going to need more than just me. So I have the credentialing to teach um, and give a 95 hour for kids yoga or even a 200 hour. So I'd like to develop an adaptive yoga teacher training um, to teach people how to do what I do. Um, in the martial arts perspective, you know, you want to take all your knowledge and give it to someone as young as possible so they can learn from all your experiences and adapt it on their own and grow. So I'd love to have almost like this yoga community that is teaching people how to do adaptive yoga with even adults with diverse abilities. Um, then there's the outreach part, you know, because I do all this in the form of a ministry that is more about connecting people to the earth and connecting people to each other rather than like a book. Um, so I say the religion, if you will, or the ministry that we work out is about community, hope, and a moral compass. And a lot of times you share the same morals with your community and it's that community and that like code that you all live by that gives you hope either that you're going to be safe that you're going to flourish or something so i want to teach more people and create an outreach about that spiritual perspective um maybe have like a soup kitchen and a cafe library sober hangout space or a space in the city where kids can go um and then even have more of hopefully long-term like a retreat where people can go in the woods and if someone wants to die with dignity doing hospice and be in the mountains and be treated with cannabis and just do that i want to have a space where they can do that if someone needs to run away from a relationship where they're not accepted where they don't feel safe i want to have that safe space for them to go to um, 
if someone's only lived in the city and has never seen a farm or worked with animals, I want them to be able to come out and learn there's a different way or a different perspective than maybe what we're showing. So um, short term, I would love to just help as many more kids as possible. And I know I can't do that without teaching more people to take this perspective and all this education that I have. Um, so I'd like to first, you know, build that up, but eventually I want people to trust and believe that like this mindset, this lifestyle can take care of people because I've seen, you know, soup kitchens that are raised with, you know, Christian perspectives and things like that. And they're great for people, but they don't make some people feel included. Um, and you look at all of these homeless um, shelters and stuff like that, and not for nothing, but they make you pray beforehand and they only offer like a Christian perspective and that perspective, some of them are better in that outreach. But again, with my experience with some of them, like I reached out when I first got ordained to work with some of the soup kitchens around here. And because I wasn't a Christian, I wasn't allowed to be, yeah, I felt like I was outside and they looked at me like, that, that's not a religion, literally would say that to me. And so um, I would love to create Sounds stupid, but a crazy hippie commune. I don't know, call it that, but just that natural place where people can go and be free. Um, yeah. And 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 one thing that we had really dived into prior to this interview is Jeremy's understanding and desire an awareness to help the homeless, provide a place where people feel safe, people can go to, have a base, because it's important. This is this matters. We we need to help each other. We need to we need to be aware to help nurture and, and, and feed one another. And I just really wanted to highlight that this isn't just for giggles or just something that Jeremy is winging. This is something that the brink of our humanity is truly facing as a huge struggle is being aware that we need one another. We need one another for our own existence. And this generation and the next generation is really counting on it. For sure. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that beautiful vision that is going to become an actuality because it is beauty. It's the truth. It's it's intelligent light. Yeah. It's come a long way since 2014 too. Like little pieces of the puzzle have just been like presenting themselves so I can only Trust that, you know, it's going to keep going in that direction. It will. Okay. Do you have any upcoming events or updates that you would like to share for us to get a small sneak peek of what Jeremy Wood is doing? Um, you can follow me on social media. Um, Balanced by Oils is going to be the tag or the handle. Uh, I say follow along. Instagram life is life unfiltered, but filtered, you know, it's a little bit more of my personal perspective. Um, and if you want to follow along, I'm open to people, you know, joining on that. Um, I'm not really too big on social media in a perspective where 
I'll give you my phone number. You can email me and you know keep up in that way. But I do post um, you know my upcoming trainings that are going to happen. So I want to do an in-person and online. It'll be a blended kind of platform. Um, anatomy training. It'll be about just the systems of the body, the basics of that. And there's also going to be um, a Reiki training that if you can't be in person, uh, we can work with you at a distance because I'll have all that recorded and on an online platform. And then in January, I hope to have everything together to start a um, special needs yoga teacher training for your children. Um, with the right things set up, it could be even credentialed to get your full 95 hour in the future, but this would be just like that foundation training that I took back in 2014 with my friend. You know, she's Flow and Grow Kids Yoga is what she's doing. I help teach with her. So I'm hoping she's encouraging me too to start my foundations of special needs yoga as like that next step, you know, in the direction of having that 95 hour um, kids teacher training just for kids with special needs. Beautiful. And also, um, as always, I will include Jeremy's contact information on all media. <laughs> um, so that'll be readily available for, for all listeners. Jeremy, I'm so grateful that we're here together and learning about your story and your vision that is abundantly, it's going to abundantly come to life for you. And I know that with all of my being. Thank you. Um, we are going to post and also broadcast ways on how you can help Jeremy in the future to support his vision, to support our humanitarian efforts. And by our, I mean all of us in this realm of being, not just Jeremy or Jeremy's connections. I'm talking about everybody who is um, on board with his outreach. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? I mean, if anything, if you're on the fence of not necessarily leaving Western medicine, but trusting that there is something out there, if you haven't been finding that fix that you need, don't be afraid to look. Don't be afraid to find a practitioner, someone that makes you feel comfortable enough to start looking more about how you want to live and how you want to take care of yourself and just do it. Because um, it wasn't until I really trusted that I could be taken care of and I could survive outside of just Western medicine that life really became a much broader perspective and a better outlook. Um, so if you're on the fence, go find a yoga class, go find a teacher, go find someone that'll shake up your perspective and uh, maybe give you a little hope. Beautiful. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you.